0: today on the Chat & Chew Show. Sorry, I've actually had more speaking engagements than I had last year um, as a speaker. Mm -hmm. So let me tell you some secrets now of how you all can can get get (laughs) it. Please. (laughs) Let me give. okay. So career professionals, I'll, I'll tackle that first. Here's what you need to do. You need to figure out, just like a really great investor, where's the market going in the career that you are currently doing or the career that you could be interested in, right? Hey, it's Carla, aka
1: Home Cook K. And today I'm sharing a dish that many people have during the holidays: mashed potatoes.
2: Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Chat and Chew Show. My name is Betty. And I'm Roxanne. And we are super, 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 super thrilled that you joined us this morning. <laughs> you guys, there are so many podcasts and YouTubers out there. I'm so grateful that you clicked on uh, the Chat and Chew Show. So let me tell you this the Chat and Chew Show is designed to empower you to do your relationships better. And all of us are in relationships. I don't want you to think romantic only, although that's important. Uh, you are maybe, I don't know, I thought today, a mother in law. <laughs> maybe you are uh, a brother or a stepmom or a stepdad. Give me some more, Roxy.
3: Um, or you're my UPS guy. Thank you. Um, also, USPS. Um, thank you for the mail, especially during it the does. voting season. Appreciate you. Yeah yeah, um, yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah. So we're all in relationships. You can't live life without being connected to someone else. And this is what I know to be true, that oftentimes in relationships, you can run into a conflict or a snag or a struggle. And sometimes we don't know what to do. If you're like me, you're just like, oh, forget it. I'm out of here. (laughs) And the other of us, special relationships that are important, you want to be able to um, mend those relationships. And sometimes you don't even know what to do. So Chat and Chew Show is here to give you tips and tools and tricks and things to think about to make your relationships better. And this is something that I haven't said in a while, is that we also have a great food segment. And that's why the show is called Chat and Chew. And uh, so again, we're excited that you're uh, with us this morning. It's gonna be a great, great show, so hang on.
3: Where do we go from here? A question many of us have asked for so many reasons this year, especially if you're a business owner. You might've been a thriving professional ready to take risks, now wondering how to make ends meet as we all grow weary of this new normal. Where should we turn to find opportunities? To answer some of these questions we had a chat with daphne vowson a certified professional coach speaker and trainer focusing on career advancement and business growth as a result of her work daphne has been featured in forbes.com and voyage magazine she has coached over 200 clients across 16 states with clients representing fortune 50 and fortune 500 companies including united healthcare Lockheed Martin Corporation, UPS, and J.P. Morgan Chase and & Company, and major nonprofits such as Higher Achievement, Boys and Girls Clubs of America, and KIPP Public Charter Schools. Her passion for tapping into the potential of people and ideas is at the core of her work and her approach to serving her clients. Get ready, Chat Tribe, for timeless tips on building your business during a crisis.
2: Well, welcome back. Thank you for joining us today. And like I said, we have a special guest with us and uh, we are super thrilled that she's here.
3: Yes. Daphne, welcome to the show and thanks for coming. So, um, Daphne, so you are a coach, so leadership and business coach. Can you tell us, um, in this world where a lot of coaching is going on in general, how would you define um, leadership and business coaching? And then how would you kind of define your own specialty?
0: Sure, so um, where a lot of people come to me is for career advancement or business growth. Um, And when it comes to the leadership piece of it, what I find is actually one of the most challenging things for people who are trying to advance in their careers is the relationship piece actually. So the relationships between them and their managers, the relationship between them as as leaders or managers, right? And their subordinates and even the relationship that they have between other people on their team. And I believe that leadership is about how you interact with the people around you Mm. in a way that inspires, in a way that engages them, Mm. in a way that causes them to produce Um, or even for you all to be in a mutually beneficial relationship. So it's not just about the other person benefiting um, or you benefiting. It's about like everybody wins, right? Everybody wins. So I believe that that's what leadership means. Um, And in terms of how I feel I'm different when it comes to everyone. When I first started my business, I was thinking to myself, there's so many coaches. Like why would someone hire me? How would I stand out? But as we speak, the last I counted my clients, I have 28 one-on-one clients. And then I have 21, um, well, 19 who are part of a contract, two that are like not at all like a part of my um, usual niche, but friends were like, please, 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 um, can you do this kind of coaching for me? And I do that. But 28 uh, that are associated with career advancement um, and business growth. And what I think my clients love about me the most, one, they say that I am very loving yet honest okay. as a teacher. And when I was a teacher, I, I wanted to be loving yet firm. Mm-hmm. I wanted to hold my students to high expectations, but I still mm-hmm. wanted them to feel like someone really genuinely cared about them, mm-hmm. no matter if they were an F student or they were an A student and someone genuinely felt like they could do more whether they were A-plus student or they were an S student. So with my clients, I genuinely believe in their ability to go above and beyond whatever it is that they imagine. But I do it as I shower them with love and compassion and grace, wow. um, even as I hold them to high expectations. And I'm from Miami, henceforth. I'm also kind of spicy um, in my <laughs> approach. When they come on the line with me, they should expect energy um, and they will expect a a, a, a certain amount of, of silliness sometimes, some, just some extra spice on it. Uh-huh. So a number of my clients said one, actually one man during the pandemic, I had more men come to me than ever mm-hmm. um, to be clients. And one man who has a very subtle kind of personality, more serious, he said, I may not show it, but I really appreciate it how you came to every call with energy and you were a positive light in the midst of negative things going on in society and negative things sometimes going on personally. And I was like, woo, <laughs> thank you. I didn't say that. I was like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. But I was so excited. So the energy piece I think is also what separates me. Everyone has different kinds of energy, but mine is from what the clients say is contagious in the way that I do it.
2: So I have a question. Cause you know, a lot of times, especially as women, you know, we kind of are afraid of the word leader. And I'm just curious, how did you like decide, yes, I'm a leader, number one, and now I'm going to coach people to lead?
0: So let me tell you something about that because that was a journey. So my, um, I don't even want to say my natural self, but how I was growing up was I was very okay with being in the background. And I actually had a, a man I was talking to the other day who I feel like he was kind of low-key coaching me. I just met him, but he was he was coaching me. But basically, um, what- They call it mansplaining. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I, what came out when I was talking to him was when I was in um, elementary school, I was completely fine with being in the back of the line. I did not want to debate with anyone about who was going to skip me, about who needed to be in front of me, about what place we had in the line. I was in the back of the line and I did my work. Straight A student, but I was in the back of the line, like as much as I could be, I didn't want any problems with anybody. I avoided confrontation. I avoided having to fight for my place. Come on now, cause somebody, somebody hear me right now (laughs) who's listening to me. So I avoided all of that and I was fine where I was as long as I was doing what I needed to do. So middle school, I'm in the drill team. In school, I am in the back. Drill team leader says, you come to the front. A friend told me that I couldn't dance. So basically, I thought that I need to be in the back, but apparently I could. So he pulled me to the front, right? So again, it happens later in life. A lot of the things we experience in life are they repeat themselves. Yeah. High school, I am, they call me baby bop now. In high school, I'm in the band. I'm a flagette. I'm baby bop. I'm quiet. I do what I'm told. The girls kind of push me around and I'm cool with it. Mm-hmm. As long as I get to be a flagette and do my thing. Mm-hmm. My band director says, you are going to apply for captain. And I'm like, um, no, I, uh, no, thank you. <laughs> he said me to have the paperwork on my desk on, um, uh, on Monday and I'm scared. So I said, yes. So I applied for captain. I didn't want it. He forced me to do it. He forced me to speak in front of the band room. I was very shy, mm. but he would say, Daphne is going to give us a word, um, of inspiration to close us out today to the whole band. And I was like, <laughs> he was like, you are going to talk to these girls about life. You're going to talk to them about motivation. You're going to speak to them about how they should conduct themselves. I'm in ninth grade, <laughs> so ninth grade through twelfth grade, I become marching band vice president. I was marching man treasurer. All these different things. He changed my life, and I kept on running into mentors who said, "You need to apply to be secretary. You need to apply to be president. You." are gonna get a promotion within my company because I see something in you. A mentor said, you are gonna be in the driver's seat one day. So this is what I need you to do to prepare for it. So I didn't even, I didn't consciously make the choice. What happened was I showed up in excellence. I think that's what happened. Mentors saw that I was not giving all that I needed to give in order to be the Mm -hmm. the biggest light that I could be and mentors Mm -hmm. pushed me to take a front seat because I was I was good in being being in the back and doing what I needed to do. So from them, like helping me to understand who I was and who I could be, I then claimed it for myself. And And once I claimed it for myself, I could do that for other people. So that was the story of how I walked into the shoes of being a leader.
2: Again, that is why we just, if I could use the word preach on this show that relationships matter because you're sitting in the back with all this talent and skill and stuff you can't see. Right. And then someone in your uh, sphere points out that you have this. And so a a person who's listening right now, they may be like, I'm not a leader. I just, you know, I just want to, you know, I want to sit in the back, that kind of thing. And then, uh, yeah, (laughs) like you. And it's like, there are things in you that you can't see yourself. You know, Uh, you're probably like, well, what is it? Well, think about, all the times you've been anywhere, like you just described, and then there's someone who's like, hey, why don't you get up here and do this? Can you draw this? You know, can you help organize this? And, and you've heard that all your life, but you've dismissed it. I think another reason why people dismiss those kinds of things is that they're, it's so natural to them that they don't even think that it's, you know, why would anybody want to, my organizational skills, you know, and it's like, oh my gosh, <laughs> you know how many you know, people could uh, use that. So that that is fantastic that, uh, you know, you were like in the back. And if I can say it like this, and God just snatched you right on up to the front <laughs> and said, you're going to leave. Uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. That is so cool. Mm-hmm.
3: Oh, and I like how you bring yourself to the job, um, because I, also too, like you talked about that gentleman who was reserved himself. And yeah. I know sometimes like I can feed off of other people. And so if you're reserved, I'm like, okay, let me calm down. And so the fact that he actually said something which kudos to him as well for saying something yeah. um, and how much he appreciated that. I just think that's really cool. Uh, how would you would you say that, um, cause you did mention too that the market was saturated and everything like that. Would you recommend that people bring their personality to their jobs and how much so?
0: Ooh that's a tricky question. (laughs) Let me tell you why. Some of my clients are in corporate jobs Mm -hmm. where um, and often to be completely transparent, um, the majority of my clients happen to be people of color. So um, and women, so they might be the only person of color at their job. Mm -hmm. And they have communicated to me at times there's an expectation for how they conduct themselves at work. And I think even whether you're white, black, old, young, right? There's an expectation of how you conduct yourself, right? At church or uh, around your family or wherever it is. Um, so I feel like you should definitely bring yourself to wherever you wherever you whatever you're doing, right? I was thinking even yesterday, the more you can be the same wherever you are, like if you are a loving deacon in your church, when you go home to your family, you want to also be loving to your family. You know, y'all know, y'all know what I'm saying? Um, with your friends, you want to also be like loving, right? Mm-hmm. However, there's also different ways that we operate in different spaces based on the culture of what is appropriate in that space. So I think when you can come to the place where you are yourself, but then you also know how to navigate the networking event you know how to navigate when you go to the formal event, you know how to navigate when you're in front of the meeting, I think is great. And so if you're incorporated or you're like doing, you know, you're a career professional, I think there's some like nuances there. However, as an entrepreneur, one of the things I remember hearing a few months ago from someone who's really, really, another really, really, really successful coach, he said, think about who you are at your best, right? What are three words to describe that? With your clients, you wanna be level 12 of that. You wanna be like over 100% of who you are at your best because people are not hiring just a coach, they're hiring you, they're hiring who you are, the essence of who you are at your best. Mm -hmm. So I would say if you're an entrepreneur, you own a spa shop, let them see like, let them see you at 150%. If you do hair, let let people who you do hair for see you at your best at 150%. Um, However, um, if you're a career professional, you want to be yourself, but I think you also need to operate with what is appropriate with the culture. For example, if you're in a meeting and you're a talker, but you don't, like you want to let other people talk, you know, too. So you you want talking, and you want to let other people talk. So like, think about whatever the culture is of your company, and make sure that whatever you're giving is appropriate. But just don't don't be like. Not at all yourself, like be yourself, but also understand how to operate. So I think that's a tricky question, but I do um want my clients to be the fullest version of who they are as much as is possible. Mm-hmm. Now,
2: I think too, a uh, part of this conversation, there's one big elephant in the room, and that is fear. So a lot of times people are afraid mm-hmm. um, to step outside to do something different, to hire a coach. I mean, we just, Mm-hmm. are afraid because it's something new. I think in our communities too, it is new to think yeah. of well I don't want first of all, I don't want nobody in my business. Mm-hmm. You know that like, <laughs> and uh, um so why would you say it's important to hire a coach?
0: That's a good question. So I have some clients so I that, have some clients that work with me for three months, right, that's the minimum package amount, which is completely fine. I tell them completely fine. I have other clients that are like, as long as you are alive and I am alive, we're going to work together. Or as long as you have me, we're going to be working together. So some people kind of look at it as um, how some people see their therapist, right? They're always talking to their therapist. They're always going to have a therapist as part of their self-care. So Mm -hmm. I say that to say why someone might hire a coach is because it's someone who's seeing the picture, I think you said something like this just a few minutes ago, they're seeing what's going on with you outside of what you might be able to observe or recognize. There's also an aspect of mentorship there. Um, coaching. A coach is different than a mentor in that mm-hmm. the coach uses your story more than anything else. However, the coach may also be able to ask you the right questions mm-hmm. and provide you with um, insight to be able to go along the right path that's right for you. Uh, based on things that you might not necessarily think of yourself. And with my clients, some of the things they say are, I've been trying to do this thing for years. Mm-hmm. And when I had just a few sessions with you, I finally was able to do it. Or one client, I always use her story because it's such a, it ends up being such a beautiful story, but she came to me, she was bringing in $3,000 in revenues, but she was also spending about $3,000, right? On, on her business every month. She was about to file for bankruptcy. She was in, she was an older in age, like almost nearing retirement. Um, so, within three months of coaching together, she was bringing in $20,000 on average in revenues per month. And then the nine month mark, she hit the $52,000 mark. But it was because wow. he had some things that she wasn't sure if she could push past. And through the coaching process, with the mixture of like strategy and mindset and time management, all kinds of stuff, sales, different kinds of things, um, mm-hmm. she was able to push forward in not mm-hmm. so much time. Um, So I think a coach can help you redirect at times Mm -hmm. or clarify Mm -hmm. or grow or build maybe quicker than you might be able to do on your own because we see things from a different perspective and we're listening to what you're saying Mm -hmm. that you might not even realize on Mm -hmm. that you're thinking. So I think that those are some of the reasons why people tend to hire coaches. Wow, Mm -hmm. that is good.
2: So (laughs) we're gonna take a short break and then we come back. We're gonna continue our conversation with Mm that.
1: Now, a delicious word. Let's chew! Hey, it's Carla, aka Home Cook K. And today I'm sharing a dish that many people have during the holidays mashed potatoes. To be honest, I didn't grow up eating it, so I rarely made it. But last year at my in laws for Christmas, I was charged with finishing the mashed potatoes, and it was a disaster. So when I saw this recipe, and one of my favorite home cooks, holiday ebooks, I was daring enough to try. She's known for her flavorful recipes and the roasted garlic and horseradish in her version of this classic dish take it to the next level. To start, wash, peel, and cut into one inch cubes, one and a half pounds of Yukon gold potatoes and one and a half pounds of rusted potatoes. Put the cut potatoes in a pot of salted cold water, add a bay leaf to the pot, and bring it to a boil. Once boiling, Turn the heat down to low and cook for 30 minutes. After 30 minutes, press a fork into the potato, and if it's tender, the potatoes are done. Next, turn off the stove, drain the potatoes, discard the bay leaf, and add the potatoes back to the pot. Add four cloves of roasted garlic, one tablespoon of prepared horseradish, and six tablespoons of cubed butter to the pot. Using a potato masher, mash the ingredients thoroughly. Now add 8 ounces of sour cream and 8 ounces of warmed half-and-half and and continue mashing. Top it off with salt and pepper, seasoned to taste. And you're done! You have a delicious holiday side that provides at least 8 servings. If you'd like, you can substitute the Yukon potatoes with a root vegetable like rutabaga or parsnips or substitute it with cauliflower. For a non-dairy option, Use full fat coconut milk or unsweetened cashew milk. You can also substitute the butter with olive oil. I hope you enjoy. Okay, so welcome
3: back. Wasn't that delicious, Betty? Yummy. (laughs) That awesome (laughs) cake. So, we're here with Daphne, and we've just been talking about um, coaching and why it's good to have a coach and how that can push you forward um, in a short amount of time. And maybe if you're feeling delayed yourself and just need a little extra nudge. But we want to get into um, if you're an entrepreneur, and like we're shifting gears here a little bit, but if you're an entrepreneur and you are affected by The current COVID situation and maybe your business is not um, thriving right now or you actually need to change gears what would you
0: recommend for a person like that? Sure so I feel like there's two main um audiences of people who have been really impacted by coronavirus of course like the entrepreneurs but also the career professionals um and especially in those careers that were not um we're not ready for 100% virtual, or they just, you know, just wasn't a, a good fit. So, I want to give some people though some hope that even in the midst of the pandemic, there was one client I had who quit his job in January, right before he knew there was going to be a pandemic, mm-hmm. and he um, hit the ten thousand dollar mark in revenues two months ago. Last month, he brought in eighteen thousand dollars in revenue, right, because he was able to to shift um, with whatever the market needed. I have other clients that have grown their businesses by like two or three times, um, even in the midst of the pandemic. And then with career professionals, I have three clients that have, um, over $40,000 salary increases. A few had over $20,000 salary increases. And a few weeks ago, one had a 105% salary increases, wow. salary increase. Sorry. I've actually had more speaking engagements than I had last year, um, as a speaker. Mm-hmm. So let me tell you some secrets now of how you all can get it. Please. (laughs) (laughs) Let me give. okay. So career professionals, I'll, I'll tackle that first. Here's what you need to do. You need to figure out just like a really great investor, where's the market going in the career that you are currently doing or the career that you could be interested in, right? You may see that in trade magazines, you may get that from networking, Um, but if you need to get some certifications, right? And you happen to have more time right now, get the certification right now. The Mm -hmm. other thing is that there are a number of different entities that have decreased their costs associated with certifications or have free certifications or courses. Take those courses now, use open courses. You can Google that entrepreneur or career professional. If you Google open courses, Harvard, MIT, Georgia Tech, like all these big schools offer free courses. You Mm -hmm. won't get like a a college credit, but you can say completed this course, Harvard University completed this course, whatever, for whatever it is you're trying to work on. So I think that is, that is super, super critical for you to see what industries are growing during this time, because whatever you do, most careers, someone just talked to me, she was um, in food and beverage, like hospitality. I was like, I don't know what to do now. And I'm like, tell me more about what you did before. And I'm like, administration, accounting, like management. There were so many different things that she could pivot into. So if you can think about that, that would be amazing. I'm going to do a bridge um, strategy. This is for entrepreneurs or career professionals. Networking. Y'all need to be out here networking. So over 60% of the job, that's Miami, over 60% Mm -hmm. of jobs, according to research, are filled through networking. Can I tell you? I'm looking to pick up more corporate clients next year. I spoke to someone last week, I spoke to three people last week who were really amazing all in one day, right? Um, Who could could present different opportunities. The first person I spoke to said, I like your personality. I'd like to co-facilitate with you. I'd like to give you some more clients. She was like, if I got 40 clients as part of a package, would you be able to coach those clients for me? Sure I would. Did you want me, would I be able to train you on certain curriculum and you be able to present that present that for me? Sure, because she has too many clients. $30,000 wow. clients, $40,000 clients, $100,000 clients. She has all these clients. Mm-hmm. Another person, she I know for a fact she has $30,000 and $40,000 clients. And she said, I really like you. Let's keep in touch. Can we talk in December? And I was like, sure we can. <laughs> so I've been meeting people who are doing the things that I want to do. So somebody take, take, take that and do it, you know, for yourself who are doing the things that I want to do. And I'm talking to them and to Betty's point, I'm showing them who I am. I learned that in dating Betty secret, but I was like, I need to show these (laughs) people who I am so that they don't, they don't pick up the wrong person. So I'm showing these people who I am. I'm speaking to my achievements as well, which I didn't do right back in the day when I was younger, I was like, Oh, I'm just going to stand back. I'm telling them the things I've achieved. And they're like, you know what? I have an opportunity for you. So the networking Mm. piece, whether you're a career professional or an entrepreneur, will make it so that you have a lot of different opportunities. So now I'll go to the entrepreneurs. Give me some
2: some tips here. Give me some tips because like I'm an introvert. If I'm around someone, I feel so like, um, I don't, I don't, I feel like I'm bragging or, you know, I'm scared or they don't want to hear me or I don't want, can you give me some tips on how to. I know networking is not what we're talking about, but just how to network, like, what would you say?
0: So I, y'all, I'm an introvert, y'all. It doesn't seem like it, but I am. Yeah. Uh-huh. So um, I was living in the BC area for years. I would just go to an event and I would be on my phone. I didn't even have anything to do on my phone, but I was just like, I don't want to talk to anybody here. So I'm just going to be on my phone, not trying to bother anybody. I don't want anybody looking at me like I'm weird. I don't want anybody to think I want anything from them. I'm just here to get the information from this seminar. However. Let me tell you what shifted for me. I realized that I had something to share for other people that could be a blessing to them. And as I talked to people who were at these same events who also weren't talking, I realized that all, not all of us, but many of us were feeling the same kind of way. We did not want to be at a networking event. We did not want to seem awkward. We didn't want anyone to think that we wanted anything from them. Um, so what I did was I shifted my approach. Um, I'm gonna tell a quick story. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I went to a gospel concert and they were, this guy, whoever was like ministering through music was saying, when you have your hands inwards, you're just receiving the blessings from God. Like you just want him to just pour into you, right? So lift your hands up. If that's what you need, that's what you need to do. If you put your hands outward, it's like, no, I'm just trying to worship like with no bounds. I don't want anything. I'm just worshiping you right now. Just thanking you for everything that you're doing, right? I don't think that's anywhere in the Bible. However, I was like, now. And so what I've been doing, the way that I've been able to, to be able to go to networking events and be absolutely friendly and so interactive with everyone is I think I'm not going there to receive anything for myself. I'm going here to be a blessing. When I walk in this place, whoever I talk to, I'm going to say hello. I'm going to say, how are you? I'm going to say, what brought you to the event? I'm going to say, what do you think about the speaker? Because this person, and I learned this, I'm a, I do praise dance to y'all. I do a lot of things, mm-hmm. but so they say when you move your arm, that could be that could be something that heals someone who's like in the back, who is really depressed and who's sad. The way that you turn could cause someone who is about to commit suicide, no pressure to be like, you know what, you know, God got me right. So the, and when I say hello and how are you to someone, it could be something that helps them to be able to feel more inspired or more confident to talk to somebody else. Mm-hmm. They might not wanna be at the event. They might have a sick family member. They mm-hmm. might have children at home and are super stressed. So I go into events, just being a blessing. So that way when people look at me like I'm crazy, when I'm like, hey, uh, Roxanne, I saw that's the name on your name tag. So where are you from? Oh, okay. you're from, I'm from Miami too. What high school did you go to? And if Roxanne is like, yeah, I'm from Miami. I went to, to Miramar and I'm like, oh, I'm <laughs> Man, what were, you, were you involved in school? Like, I'm just like, let me go be a blessing by giving Roxanne some of who I am. Okay. So that was like, that was a game changer for me. Okay. And that also impact the way that I that I network virtually. So so it's easy for me to form connections now with people because I'm not I'm not starting with business I'm like yeah you know I'm so excited to meet you because I saw on your profile that you did this and this on LinkedIn right you did this you did that um how did you get to to do the things that you're doing like what inspired you to become a whatever it is right Mm -hmm. and they'll tell me it could be like my mom used to you know it's it's Mm -hmm. more personal so I think that would be the biggest thing is start with like what can you give to this person based on what they could be experiencing who they are and who you are like how relation. Oh, my gosh. It goes back to relationships. How can I form a connection with this person, regardless of whether or not they hire me? Mm-hmm. And then what I notice is that when people like you, people buy from who they trust, know and like. That's Oftentimes, cool. if it's a good fit, that person will become a client um, mm-hmm. or they will refer you to somebody or they'll have an amazing perspective of you. And years later, they might refer someone. Okay. So that's what I say about networking. Mm-hmm. OK, that was good. One more thing I would say for the for the entrepreneurs is sales. Um, So and I don't think I would have understood this if I was an entrepreneur, but for those entrepreneurs who are watching. So when things are not going your way, when you're not feeling good um, about things in general, whether it's personal reasons or business reasons, that's not when you ramp down um, as an entrepreneur. If you're not working, you don't make money. So whatever you do to to do sales in your business, whether that's make calls if you're in real estate, for example, or whether that's reach out to specific event coordinators, if you're a speaker, whatever it is that you do to make sales, you ramp that up, um, especially in economic, when e- when, e- when there's economic downtimes, because some of your clients may not, may no longer be clients. So you need to find some other clients. So ramping up the amount of time that you're spending on your sales mm-hmm. activities will be really, really, really important. Um, and Lastly, pivoting. So you know how when we were in school, um, you might be in a group project and they're like, create a name for your team. And you're like, I don't know. Like, I don't know what name. Someone else is like, we can be the Peacock people. That's important. (laughs) Like you have a creative friend, they always got an idea. You may need to reach out to your creative friend to say, you know what? I have an event planning business and I guess I should just stop because of the pandemic. I told my clients, I had some clients, they weren't even my clients anymore. And I was like, do you need to brainstorm when the pandemic happened? Do you need to brainstorm? Event planner, I was like, you could do virtual birthday parties. You could do, um, what are those subscription boxes where you send people all the supplies they need to do a birthday party at home so they don't have to do the shopping. You could coordinate all the vendors. Like I had all these different ideas. So if you have a creative friend they might be like, girl, let me tell you what you could do with your hair business. You could go into selling products. You could do that. You have a friend who they might not even be an entrepreneur, but they are so creative. So yeah. tap into the ideas of your creative friend or other people within the industry or go to Facebook groups, those kinds of things to think about how to pivot, because there's always a pivot. There's always a way that you can pivot. The biggest brands do it and you can do it too.
3: Yeah.
2: Wow. Pivoting is huge. Yeah. Uh, wow. That is good. <laughs>
3: yeah. And I'm hearing all throughout that relationship, relationship, relationship. Yeah.
2: Like,
3: even with pivoting, you need that other person to just kind of bounce ideas off of. Um, I just had a question about, I'm just going to go back to networking. real quick. <laughs> um, so I heard you mentioned LinkedIn and like, you know, your virtual networking, are you reaching out to people you just don't even know on LinkedIn and just say, hey, what's up? Or how does it work virtually?
0: My LinkedIn strategy is that, um, so there's a lot of different things you could do on LinkedIn, right? But what I do is if you reach out to me to connect, I don't accept every connection. Not everybody does that. Some people accept everyone. If I'm going to accept your connection is because I think that there can be some sort of mutually beneficial relationship based on what I do, what you do. After I accept it, I say, hey, um hey lisa i see that you sent me a connection request what inspired you to send that connection request lisa says this happened last week somebody said i was looking at different people's profiles and i was thinking you could be a good career coach for me and i'm like well i would love to chat with you (laughs) more about that um let me know if it's okay if we schedule a time to chat and she said yes so i booked a discovery session with her now that it always doesn't it's always not that it's a client it could be someone else who's like just maybe they are someone who they work in corporate America and they're a trainer and they connected with me. What inspired you to connect? Oh, I love the work that you're doing at Daphne Bowson Coaching. And I say, that's wonderful. I love the work that you're doing, too. When I looked at your profile, I always want to have this is a true story. I tell everyone this. I say I like to have at least one conversation with everyone who is my in my LinkedIn. Um, That way we have a relationship that is, you know, beyond kind of knowing each other just on the platform. Would it be okay for us to chat for a few minutes? And they say yes. And after that, we chat. And when we chat, we develop a, you know, a stronger relationship. Again, they can refer, they can be a client. It may not be a referral or a client. We may just develop a stronger relationship. But then if I have somebody who needs a painter and they're a painter, I feel more confident in making that a deeper connection, right? Um, like saying, oh yeah, you so-and-so because I spoke to the person, I know who they are. I feel very confident in, in who they are from us having at least one conversation. So that's how I use LinkedIn. Um, and then sometimes so people say, like the woman who, one of the people I talked to a few days ago, she was like, you have to meet my colleague. She does this kind of work. You do this kind of work. And I think you all would compliment each other so well. Um, And so people make introductions as well to other people. So that's how I use LinkedIn. However, if you're a career professional, you should utilize your first connections, the people that you know, to make introductions to your second connections, people who they know, in order for you to be able to speak to them about prospective job opportunities. So in that case, I would say you should be reaching out to people. And you could do that as an entrepreneur too. I just don't do that. But you could also reach out to your first connections to have them make introductions to second connections too. Wow, wow. So let's do
2: a quick recap. Um, You said, figure out where the market is going through trade magazines and talking to people in your industry. Because I think the word that we've landed on is because you got to pivot. In COVID, you got to pivot. If you have a business that's been affected by it or you're, you're an entrepreneur and that kind of thing to pivot. Another thing that I took away from all of this is that, and you didn't really land here, but can't be afraid. (laughs) Just got to kind of step out your comfort zone, you know, and uh, start talking to people. Uh, I think that that was huge. And uh, I think another thing you said, which was big is to ramp up what you were doing before, like in sales and even to me in conversations, like even reaching out, on LinkedIn differently or whatever your other platforms are is just to ramp it up and don't shrink back because of how things are looking right now, but just, just keep moving it forward. I thought that was huge.
0: Yes, I agree. I agree with all that. And being fearless has been something that I'm always relearning yeah. and always trying to be better at, especially as an entrepreneur, but in every area of my life, as a mom, as a wife, yeah. um, like just being courageous enough to be myself and to do yeah. the things that I know I need to do. So yeah. I love how you focused on that too.
2: Yeah. It's funny with the whole uh, being courageous. It's like when you take a step forward, you see, I didn't die. <laughs> they didn't kill me. All right. Let me take another step forward. Okay. This is working. <laughs> but you won't know that unless you take the step. You know, you can't be there wishing, hoping, wondering, that kind of thing. Um, uh, I, I don't know if you guys have heard this before, but uh, people, my husband says this often is that he doesn't want to be sitting in his rocking chair, meaning he's his really old saying, I wish I had a, I wish yeah. I had a, I wish I had, you know, yeah. and at that point it's too late. So this was just a great, great conversation. Roxy, did you have any other
3: questions, comments? No, it's, well, the only thing I would say is just uh, what you were saying about fear. It just reminds me of um, a saying that someone says like, instead of like win or lose, it's like you win or learn. So it's mm-hmm. like, instead of just taking that as this loss, it's like, no matter what happens, you're learning along the way and you're finding your niche. So yeah, that's a great point. Mm-hmm. But I, it's also so appreciative of Miss Daphne <laughs> for joining us today. Um, this was great. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, this is good. So uh, tell people
2: where they can find you.
0: Sure. So I am um, on Instagram at uh, Daphne my name. Um, you can go to my website, um, or I have a Facebook business page, facebook.com slash coaching as well. So any of those ways you can reach me.
2: Okay, good, good. Well, as always, we are glad that you joined us and we wanna say every Tuesday, we have a new episode coming out and what do they need to do, Roxy? Will sure, go- and if
3: you wanna follow us on Instagram, we are at Chat and chew Show and then also at Chat and Choose Show on Facebook. And you should subscribe on YouTube. If you're watching this on YouTube, if you're listening in your car, then just keep listening. (laughs) But thanks for joining us. Have a good one, everybody. See you next time.
2: Bye. Bye.
3: Bye.
2: This was so good. Thank
3: you. I'm like, it's helping me.
1: I know. (laughs) This show was brought to you by the Chat and Chew Company. Music by Elwood Jones. Lyrics by Roxanne. Bring a Chat & Chew live event to your organization. Contact us at show at gmail.com.